On Sunday, the Green Bay Packers will host the New York Giants at Lambeau Field in the wildcard round of the playoffs. What's going to happen? We'll ask James Ward, producer for CBS Sports Radio in New York. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. Brian Caravu. We're talking some Packers football this morning. We're getting ready for a playoff game against the New York Giants. To do that, we have a guest joining us on the phone today. His name is James Ward. He's a producer with CBS Sports Radio in New York. Mr. Ward, how are you doing today? I'm great, Brian. How are you? Very good. Glad you could join us on the show. Uh, we got a lot to get to here, James. Start by telling me, is there anything going to come of this cruise with the Giants wide receivers in which there were drug allegations? Justin Bieber was there. Is is the fallout done already, or are we going to hear anything more about this? I think it's crazy that such a big deal was made. Obviously, the drug allegations is kind of what sparked a lot of it. But in my opinion, players should be able to do whatever they want on their off days. And it actually reminds me of a time, 2007, Cowboys Tony Romo and Jason Witten went to Cabo San Lucas on the bye before playing the Giants in in the divisional round. And a lot was made of it because the Cowboys lost. If the Giants win on Sunday, I think it'll all be swept under the rug. Now, if the Giants lose to the Packers on Sunday, I think we could start hearing a little bit more about this Florida trip. But I think if, if the Giants win... It'll be swept under the rug. Packers win. That might be a whole other story. Okay. Do you think those Giants wide receivers will be able to take advantage of the Packers secondary that suffered three injuries last weekend? Uh, it's, It's hard to say because the Giants offense has been so inconsistent all year. Obviously, they have a big play threat in Odell Beckham Jr., uh, Sterling Shepard is one of the, one of the better rookies in the league this year. He's been really their number two receiver ahead of Victor Cruz. Victor Cruz has made some big plays, but he hasn't been consistent. I think a lot of it relies on Eli Manning. Eli has been up and down all year. He's thrown a lot of interceptions, and the Giants have really just been getting by on their defense, a lot, stopping teams and holding team, uh, good scoring teams to less than 10 points. So I think they can but nothing that they've done so far this season has really made me think that they'll be able to do it or that it's a sure thing. You look at this offense, it's basically the same offense they had last year with Sterling Shepard as an addition. And last year they were one of the top scoring offense, offenses in the NFL. Uh, the defense was what limited them last year. This, this year the defense is playing really well, but the passing game is struggling. So I think it is a key to the game, but the Giants have done nothing so far this season that makes me think that they'll actually be able to throw the ball on the Packers. Let's flip it around and talk about the Giants' secondary. Will they live up to their NYPD nickname in trying to shut down the Packers' receiving core? 
I think that could be one of the biggest matchups in the game because you look at the Packers receiving core. They have Aaron Rodgers throwing it to Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb, and, and, and Jordy Nelson. Jordy Nelson, one of the best receivers in the league right now, comeback player of the year, uh, candidate. But the Giants' defense in their secondary is amazing. They have, you know, Janoris Jenkins, who's playing at an all-pro level, Dominique rodgers Cromartie, who is the reigning NFC Defensive Player of the Week, Landon Collins also in the conversation for Defensive Player of the Year. So I, I think this Giants defensive secondary can get it done. Um, they, they, they've done it all year. They've held in th- three of their last four games, they've held uh, three of the top offenses in the NFL to less than 10 points, and that's been basically all on their secondary and their pass rush. Uh, so I, I think this Giants secondary might be – I mean, I've heard the comparison that they're playing – on the level of the Seahawks uh, Legion of Boom defense from a couple of years ago, I think that might be a little bit, little bit strong. But for pe- but for people who haven't seen this Giants secondary all year, uh, they've been playing at at another level, and I think that that is a big key heading into Sunday's game. Do you think anyone, let alone the Giants, can keep pace with Aaron Rodgers the way he's playing right now? Uh, it's it's hard because early on in the season. It the the story with the Packers was was can they turn it around and and Rodgers basically picked the Packers up on his back and and turned them around single handedly and he's you know he's going to get MVP votes uh, he's he's after losing four games in a row there he Rodgers turned the team around and it's it's definitely a big matchup because as you said Rodgers is is playing at another level right now. Um, and obviously in, in the, he'll pick it up in the playoffs. He's a really, really good quarterback. That's understated first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, but again, will the Giants pass rush get to him? Will the secondary be able to cover the receivers? The, the problem with the Packers this year has been their run game. I know they found a little something with Ty Montgomery, but unless that run game can run the ball against the Giants defense, I think the Giants defense will be able to stop Aaron Rodgers if it becomes a one-dimensional passing attack. So unless the Packers can run the ball against the Giants, which no one's really been able to do that all year, including Ezekiel Elliott, I think the Giants can stop Aaron Rodgers uh, if it's if it's just a passing offense only. So running the ball is crucial for the Packers on Sunday, but the Giants have been able to stop the, uh, the run game all year. So I, I, I'm not sure, to be honest. I think they, I think they can stop Aaron Rodgers, especially if the Giants can limit the run game. Okay, James, do you think Eli Manning's past success at Lambeau Field in the playoffs helps him, or was that so long ago that it doesn't even matter anymore? I think it will help him to a certain extent, just because he knows he's been there and he's done it before. But if you look at those two postseason wins at Lambeau Field, they both led to Super Bowl runs, but both of those teams are largely different than the Giants team that will be playing Lambeau Field on Sunday. If you look at the 07 team, it's only Eli Manning and long snapper Zach Diossi. So that's it. Uh, from the last team, you've got Eli Manning and uh, Victor Cruz, who are really the only two contributors. I, I know JPP was on that team, but he's not expected to play because of some injuries. And, and maybe if the Giants make a run in the playoffs, we'll see JPP later on. But I think it might help. But again, it was so long ago. These teams are, are so different. But it, you look at a guy like Eli Manning, and he's not a quarterback that's going to get nervous. Everyone always makes fun of the Eli face, it, you know, the aw shucks face. But 
the moment is never too big for Eli. He's made his bones in the postseason. So I think it will help a little bit. But it's so long ago. These teams are so different from those previous Lambeau Field matchups. He's not going to be nervous, but it's too long ago to really read into anything from those matchups. All right, so what factor do you think the weather will play in Sunday's game? It's going to be single single digits maybe on Sunday at Lambeau Field. How will that impact the game? I'm not sure if it's going to play a factor, but I think it's interesting that if you look at the NFC playoff picture, the Giants and the Packers are the only two teams playing that, that aren't in, inside. So I, I think um, it, it, if either of these teams was was a higher seed, it might – have a huge advantage going forward into the playoffs but um but but both the Giants and the Packers they're accustomed to playing in cold weather New York is not Green Bay but it's you know it's what 10 degrees warmer it's Giants have played in in cold weather all year they've been able to play with with a slick ball it's the weather's not really going to be a factor because I think both of these teams are coming into this game on sort of the same playing field now if if the if the Falcons were coming in uh, to Green Bay, and I know that's not possible with all the the playoff seedings, but if a team like the Falcons, somewhere from the southeast, play their games inside, I think that might have an effect. But I think both the Giants and the Packers are accustomed to playing in cold weather, and I don't think the weather's really going to have an impact at all. Do you think that both the Giants and the Packers are going to be cheering for the Lions, so neither of them has to go to Dallas in the divisional round of the playoffs? Well, uh, I mean, the Giants and the Packers have both beaten the Lions already this year, but the Giants have also beaten the Cowboys. So I'm not sure if the Giants are necessarily cheering for the Lions, but if you look at these these teams in this NFC playoffs this year, there's not really a, a very strong team, especially if you look at it from a Giants perspective. Cowboys the number one seed, but the Giants have already beaten them twice, so I think that both teams are probably probably have an idea of who they'd like to play in the next round if they win, but I don't think the the disparity between one and six this year in the NFC is that large. So I think Giants Packers would rather play the Lions, but I don't think either team's scared by the Cowboys. You look at the Cowboys, Dak Prescott, rookie quarterback, first time in the playoffs. Will he have a rookie game? He hasn't really done so this far, but will it happen? Ezekiel Elliott, he's been the probably the rookie of the year so far. The run game is really important in the playoffs. But again, he's just a rookie. I think Dallas is the number one seed. They're still relying on rookies. And again, their defense is suspect. So a high-powered offense like the Packers might match up well against against the Cowboys. And the Giants have already shown that they can beat the Dallas, uh, Dallas Cowboys. So I don't think either team is very nervous about playing the Cowboys. But Lions, you're probably right, probably a better matchup for both squads. All right, James, so before we let you go, what's your final score prediction for the Packers-Giants game and what you think is going to happen on the field? I think the Giants will limit Aaron Rodgers. I think the Giants' defense will have a game that really shows the country how well they've been playing all year. I think the Giants can win this game ugly, maybe 17-14, Giants win by a field goal. Uh, but again, a lot of that is contingent on the Giants stopping Aaron Rodgers, which is a big if. But I think if you look at these units, I like to analyze football games by the units on the field. I think the Giants' defensive unit is is the best unit on the field. I think the Packers' offense probably second. Giants' offense probably third, and the Packers' defense probably fourth. So I think 
The Giants' defense will have a lot to say in this game. I think this game will be low scoring. I think if both teams struggle with their run games, which they've had all year, um, I know Montgomery's been better of late, and Paul Perkins for the Giants has been better of late, but largely this game will be about the Giants' defense stopping Aaron Rodgers and the Giants' offense doing just enough to get it done. So I'm taking the Giants to win ugly, either 21-17, 17-14. I guess if you hold my feet to the fire, I will take the Giants to win the game 17-14. Well, James, I don't think Packers fans are going to like that prediction, but I definitely appreciate the time you've given us on the show today. Thank you so much for joining us. Enjoy the game, and uh, we'll, we'll revisit that score afterwards. Yeah, that's why they play the games, Brian. Thanks a lot for having me. Welcome back to Railbird Central. Sorry about that, folks. Uh, any audio issues we may have had, um, hopefully they are out of the way now and we can continue on with the show. Let's get to our Packers news of the day. I'll get this out of the way as quickly as I can before we get into my game prediction uh, stuff like that. But Elliot Wolf was interviewed by the San Francisco 49ers on Thursday. They're reportedly also interviewing Packers personnel guy Brian Gutekunst, uh, but I have not yet seen if that will happen or has happened already. Uh, and it's going to be interesting to see what the Packers do here. Last weekend, Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network alluded to Ted Thompson potentially stepping down after the season. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how quickly of a time frame this is going to happen. Because if the Packers want to, or pardon me, if the 49ers want to hire Elliot Wolf, that time frame is going to be pressed up rather quickly here because they're going to want to make a move rather soon because they've got a whole lot to do in terms of then in turn hiring a coach and the staff and all that kind of stuff. So they're going to want to make a move soon, meaning the Packers, if they're going to do this, are going to have to make a, a similar move soon as well. Um, you know, Ted Thompson has kind of alluded to st saying that he's happy doing the job he's doing, but you do understand that he is getting up there in age, and, and you know, the, there's been rumors that he'll actually not retire totally, but kind of stay in the organization as an advisor or perhaps as an area scout or something like that. So he would still be, you know, part of the big picture of the Green Bay Packers organization. Um, but uh, I just had to throw that out there, seeing as that's kind of going on in the background right now while the whole Packers playoff thing is going on. And uh, we're going to see what happens there. Um but that's all I have for as far as that goes. Uh, big news on Wednesday, so now two days ago, was the promotion of cornerback Herb Waters to the 53-man roster. He replaces fellow rookie cornerback Mackinton Dorleant, who was placed on injured reserve last week, uh, or th this week, I guess I should say, after he hurt his knee in the regular season finale last week in Detroit. Um, you may remember Herb Waters converted from wide receiver to cornerback after training camp for the Green Bay Packers. Um, so he has not been a cornerback for all that long. Now, the Packers didn't have many options. I did some research, and I, I here's the best I could c come up with. I, I tried to go through 
all the options the Packers had available to them because you get to this time of year and there aren't that many street-free agents available. There are just not that many guys on the market because they're they're already signed by a team if they're any good. Um, or, you know, there, there are guys who have not, you know, there are a bunch who kind of were in training camp with other teams but haven't played since that time. So you kind of wonder, are they in game shape, things like that. Um, but as far as that goes, uh, it, you know, I, I'm going to avoid the conversation about Peanut Tillman and Charles Woodson. Folks, those are not realistic options, despite Tillman's overtures on social media to, to Aaron Rodgers. The best options available to the Packers were this. Number one, Therald Simon, uh, whom the the New England Patriots actually brought in for a workout this week, but Hasn't signed from what I saw. He was last with the Arizona Cardinals this season, uh, but is probably best known for his time with the Seattle Seahawks and actually has experience playing in the Super Bowl. But he was also beat for the game-winning touchdown in the Super Bowl two years ago with the Seahawks when uh, Tom Brady threw the touchdown passes against him. Uh, that was one option the Packers had. Number two was Chris Culliver, who was released by the Miami Dolphins in November. So he actually has been playing somewhat recently. And he's a he's a longtime veteran of the NFL. So you're getting a guy who's been around the block before if you would have signed him. And then the next best option, and, and maybe the best one in my opinion, would have been cornerback Robertson Daniel, who was actually on the practice squad of the Baltimore Ravens, uh, who signed several players to futures contracts after the season, but Daniel wasn't one of them, uh, so he was available to be signed. Uh, you might remember it was last season at this time when Daniel was in almost the sa exact same situation as Herb Waters, promoted to the 53-man roster during the playoffs. So, you know, this this was interesting because I kind of, I, I'm sitting here being a little bit critical that the Packers signed a cornerback who hasn't really played cornerback, has never played cornerback during a regular season game, has, has not even done it during a preseason game because he was still a wide receiver at that point. So, you know, I thought personally the Packers should have gone out and found somebody on the street. One of these guys I, I think would have been a better option than Herb Waters, who, you know, obviously the Packers don't, even though they signed him to the 53, they don't really want to have him play. It's probably one of those cases where he has been in, you know, he's been on the practice squad all season long. He really probably has been practicing special teams all season long. He probably knows what to do on those units like kickoff or kickoff return, punt, punt return, those kind of things. And that's where the Packers, if they really need him, uh, you know, probably would use him on Sunday. And only if they suffer two more injuries would really put Herb Waters out on the field. Uh, on defense, and I know it was almost getting to that point last week when they suffered so many. Uh, I if I were the Green Bay Packers, I wouldn't have gone that option. I would have tried to get, sign a guy like Therald Simon or Chris Culliver or even Roberts and Daniel, who 
has experience with the Packers defense and, and really wouldn't take all that long to get him up to speed. I would have gone that route instead, seeing as the it's playoff time. It's crunch time now. You don't want a guy who's getting his first NFL experience ever at the position out on the field if it were to come down to that. That's just my opinion, but that's what you're getting here on this show where we break down the minutia of the Green Bay Packers. Um, My game preview today and what I think is going to happen during the upcoming game against the New York Giants on Sunday at Lambeau Field. You know, this this is what encouraged me basically to make my prediction the way it did is I have been highly encouraged by the Packers injury report this week. We talk so much, you know, like on Monday's episode, on Wednesday's episode about the issues in the Packers secondary where they lost three players this past Sunday. Quinton Rollins has the concussion. Uh, he has not practiced this week. I, I don't expect him to play at all, uh, maybe not even for the rest of the season if the Packers were to win. I don't expect him to play. McIntyre Dorleant, as we said, goes on injured reserve. But here's where – so there, there there's some bad news there, no doubt, no doubt. But here's where the good news comes. Demarius Randall, who left the game with a knee injury and didn't return – he is back to full practice status as of Thursday. He actually practiced on a limited basis on Wednesday, practiced on full on Thursday. I'm highly encouraged by that. So you have to imagine Randall's going to be out on the field on Sunday, uh, and he's going to be ready to go. Um, as long as the Packers don't suffer any more injuries on Sunday, they should be in decent enough shape. They will have Randall at one corner. They'll have Ladarius Gunter at the other. They'll have Micah Hyde in the slot. And then you've probably got Kentrell Bryce as your dime slot cornerback who will play uh, occasionally. You know, uh, he'll be coming on and off the field in certain packages. And then you've got, you know, Morgan Burnett doing his thing, whether it's at linebacker safety, and you've got um, uh, HaHa Clinton Dix obviously doing his thing as well. So between those six defensive backs for the Green Bay Packers, I think they will be in good enough shape. And if something happens, you know, coming off the bench will probably be Josh Hawkins first before Herb Waters. So you know, they, they can go that option and at least get a little bit of experience guy. And then they got Marwin Evans at safety, too, if something were happened to one of the safeties. So I, I just think as long as they don't suffer any more injuries in the secondary, they're going to be good enough at that position or that position group, I should say. They're not going to shut down the Giants totally. Uh, they've got a very good receiving core there between Odell Beckham, between... Uh, uh, Victor Cruz between Sterling Shepard. They're going to get theirs. I'm just saying the Packers are going to be good enough, good enough in the secondary to prevent them from basically outscoring Aaron Rodgers. And I'll get to that more in a second. But, you, you know, I was saying I was encouraged by the injury report, first of all, by Demarius Randall, who's back to full participation. But guys, the other guys who have returned to practice this week that I was so concerned about, linebacker Joe Thomas is back practicing this week. 
That means, you know, so many things. He's the best coverage inside linebacker the Packers have. Having him on the field would be big. Uh, on the offensive line, Brian Balaga and Jason Spriggs, neither of them finished the game. But there they are out at practice this week. It's looking like they'll be available. Randall Cobb, after missing two games, he's been practicing. It looks like he's going to be available. I'm encouraged by all these things. And with, with these guys on the field, as long as they don't suffer any setbacks or the, the setbacks happen so late in the game that it's already decided, you know, I think the Packers can get by the New York Giants this week. And, and I said, I don't think anybody, the way Aaron Rodgers is playing right now, I don't see anybody outscoring him. Um, uh, the, that's the way I feel. I, he's just been so hot from week. I, it's, I, I, people have been throwing out statistics like from week 11 onward or something like that. Um, it, you know, Aaron Rodgers, pretty much ever since the Tennessee game, he's been very good in which he, he had a stinker there. But since that time, he's been vintage Aaron Rodgers and, and I don't see, Eli Manning outdueling him uh, with with the Packers being at home, even though the Giants have had success in the playoffs at Lambeau Field. Uh, just the way this team is rolling right now, I think they can get by this Giants team uh, with with Randall Cobb back, and then you got so many weapons at wide receiver between Cobb, Nelson, Adams, Cook, Montgomery. Those guys will find ways to get open, find holes find creases, whatever it may be, just one more time than the New York Giants. Um, I was asked asked on a podcast last night uh, to give my prediction uh, on the game, and, and I hadn't really thought as of Thursday night, you know, what, what, what the score might be, what I'm going to predict for a score. And, and on a whim, I said it made sense to me that the Packers can win four touchdowns to three. So I'm not going to overthink it anymore. I'm just going to go 28-21, simple score, but the Packers advance to the divisional round of the playoffs. So that is your uh, Packers prediction for the wild card route against the New York Giants. And uh, with with no uh, sound bites today, that leads us into the day ahead segment here at Railbird Central. Mike McCarthy's final press conference uh, in advance of the game will be held at 9.35 a.m. Central Time on Friday. The team will also release their final injury report of the week on Friday afternoon, but we discussed this already, uh, basically the guys that were on the injury report. So you have that to look forward to on Friday. In the evening, the Packers are hosting the... Be the match National Marrow Donor Program Registry Drive from 5 o'clock p.m. to 6.30 p.m. Central Time, obviously, locally, in the Lambeau Field Atrium. This is being done to support former Packers tight end Mitchell Henry, who's been diagnosed with leukemia. So if you are interested... All you've got to do is head to Lambeau Field, you fill out a registration form, and you get the inside of your cheek swabbed is how they find out marrow donors. 
and help out Mitchell Henry. It's been a sad story. You may have seen it in the media already. Uh, other reporters have picked up on this. Uh, you know, Henry was in, in with the Green Bay Packers just last season. Uh, he was in train. You remember there was a time where he was in training camp. The Packers uh, cut him at the end of training camp. He was waived. Uh, and then the Denver Broncos picked him up, and they eventually released him uh, in midseason, and the Packers brought him back. Yeah, there, he kind of went through some 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 uh, travels there, I guess you could say. Uh, but um, uh, it's unfortunate that his football playing career has, has basically come to an end, right, at least temporarily, because of this. Whether he could ever get back out on the field, I'm not really sure. But the more important thing right now is to get him back to health. And uh, to do that, he needs a bone marrow uh, match, basically. Uh, so if you can, uh, and if you are willing and able to, uh, a, a program is being held, a registry drive being held at Lambeau Field Friday night um, to help out Mitchell Henry and other people uh, who are in the same situation as him. All right, but as far as the weekend goes here, Saturday the Packers are hosting a pep rally at their Tundra tailgate zone. They hold pep rallies all season long on the road, but this is the first one at home this year. It'll be at 6 o'clock p.m. Wayne Larravee, the radio voice of the Green Bay Packers, will be the MC. President Mark Murphy will take part in a Q&A session. Then Packers alumni Dorsey Levins and Amon Green a pair of former great Packers running backs. They're going to take photos with fans and answer fan questions while they're there. So check that out if you're looking for something to do on Saturday during the day. And uh, that, of course, precedes the Lions at Seahawks game Saturday night. The Packers will know the divisional round opponent by then. And, and then I just recently saw uh, our own uh, Cheesehead TV cohorts, Jersey Al Bracco and our founders, Aaron Nagler and Corey Banke, uh, among others, will all be at the bar Saturday night. Um, I just kind of read about this. I don't exactly know the details, but I know they have a post up at CheeseheadTV.com, so you can read that post at our own website here. If you're interested, there's plenty to do Saturday night um in advance of the game if you're in town for the game and i saw that the packers put out a press release yesterday saying a limited number of playoff tickets remain although they haven't released the exact number that are left last i saw i believe i saw somebody report that the number was 2000 tickets i can't remember if that was thursday or wednesday but you remember, we, we've been promoting this each day of the podcast this week. On Monday, uh, I believe it was somewhere around 8,000 tickets. Uh, as of Wednesday, our last episode, there was something like 2,500 left. So it's the, the tickets have been selling at a slow pace. Not all the Packers season ticket holders you know, bought their postseason tickets, so they are available to the public. And them being so expensive, they're not exactly selling like hotcakes. <laughs> but some playoff tickets remain here, um, at, at least as of the 13 hours ago or so that the Packers put out this press release. So 
I'm sure you will hear when it officially sells out, and they're getting near that at least fairly soon. So there you go. Tickets available. And then on Sunday, the game itself, kickoff will be at precisely 3.40 p.m. Central Time, um, or whatever time zone you're in, televised live on Fox to a nationwide audience. So as long as you have uh, access to a TV, whether it's over the air or, or satellite or cable or whatever, you should be able to see this game. Maybe not internationally, but at least in America, you will be able to uh, pretty much no matter what. So televised by Fox Enjoy it, folks. Enjoy the game. Uh, I know I will, and we'll be breaking it all down here at Railbird Central on Monday. Thanks so much, everybody, for joining us today. Have a good weekend, and uh, we'll see you later. My call to action, as always, as usual, if you've not done so already, please give us a rating and review on iTunes. It's the one small thing we ask. The show is free of charge, no subscription, no paywall, so if you could do us a solid, Head to iTunes, search Cheesehead TV. It'll pop right up. Uh, Give us a five-star rating. Brief little review. Doesn't have to be anything long, uh, but we appreciate because it helps get word out about the show, and uh, we think it's a service to Green Bay Packers fans. But uh, that's it, folks. Like I said, have a good weekend. We'll break it down and uh, this playoff game on Monday, 8.30 a.m. Central Time. See you, folks. I leave you today with a song called The Surf by Lotus on Psy Fidelity Records. Go, pack, go.